Hey, Hanyaks, let's get salty with it. Another serious episode coming at you. Uh, really, I'm just going to be talking about my take and my opinions, along with everybody else and their mom, about the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Obviously, it's the big case everyone's talking about. Really, what I'm here to talk about is, I think, I'm trying to encourage to it, the amount of lies and false information, just outright false information and crazy spin that's getting put on this is insane. He was found not guilty. There's the right call. And uh, it was as clear as day. There's enough footage to make a documentary on it. Like, literally, you could make a... And, I mean, Tucker Carlson is doing a whole documentary on Kyle Rittenhouse, but there was so much footage. I've never seen a criminal investigation that had that much footage about the things that they were being tried on. And uh, ultimately, though, the jury did come through after a few days of deliberation, but there were concerns about threats to the jury and people being scared for the livelihood, as they should be. But to celebrate, I don't know if you saw my Instagram or not, I recently posted... And this is from the Daily Wire. I'll actually pull up the article. Should have it already pulled up. But here we are. There is an, a, a whiskey, a rye whiskey called Rittenhouse Rye. Amazing, right? And it is, and I guess a lot of people, after the not guilty, they discovered this and they went and got it and celebrated over a glass of Rittenhouse Rye. And so I got curious. Or, and I found out about this through a Daily Wire article that was covering it, that the company Heaven Hill Distillery, who uh, produces Rittenhouse Rye, came out and was like, yo, whoa, 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 we don't want people, uh, basically here, yeah, liquor company asked consumers not to buy his Rittenhouse Rye to celebrate Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. So I've got a couple takes on this. <laughs> so seemingly, and we all know how it goes when you tell the internet not to do something. Yeah, it's best if you just don't say anything at all. So we'll skim through this, right? In an odd marketing move. Now, most people would say it's odd, but shout out to Connor here. Connor, you said, and I think maybe rightly so, or at least more fun, enjoyably so. He said, what if it was a high level move? We would say this is dumb on its face. To be like, oh, actually, no, you see people doing this and you see it kind of going viral for a reason maybe you don't like and you just say, no, don't do that, people. Guess what the internet's going to do? They're only going to enshrine that in permanence and it, they're going to meme the heck out of it for the next six months where it would have just been a week or two had you not said anything at all. Now, here's the kicker, right? What if, what if they're just playing 4D chess? Like all the people thought, you know, with Trump a lot of times, he's not a big buffoon. He's playing 4D chess. He's he's gaming the system. It's all a game to him. He's a mad genius. And so Connor said, what if they know the rules of the internet? You don't tell the internet not to do something and actually expect it, that to go well. So in so, they were like, well, they saw an opportunity to just blow their sails through the roof and said, let's not do the let's so let's tell them not to do it knowing that they would do it right some reverse psychology type stuff and i will subscribe to that line of thinking a because i think it's fun b it puts this distillery uh on the right side of things being the side that should agree with the the not guilty verdict not the side not the not the woke mob corporate media establishment side that it says you know he was a white supremacist and he got off because he was white and that's another episode that we addressed what if he was black that's another episode um, maybe already aired. I, time recording, I don't know what the turnout's going to be. But yeah, so I, um, or sorry, I can't get to that yet. I'm all over the place. 
Um, the whiskey and bourbon distiller and distributor Heaven Hill posted a statement on its official Twitter account Sunday asking people who are buying its Rittenhouse Rye not to purchase the drink if they intend to use it to cheer the verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. On Friday, after days of deliberation over evidence that it, oh, blah, 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 they found, so they're just saying, caught him not guilty. To celebrate what they've used in just outcome, some whiskey lovers began purchasing bottles of Rittenhouse Rye. The brand name is derived not from the recent court case, so just to be clear, but from Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia, an open space park designed by William Penn and aimed for an early 19th century papermaker. Whiskey Raiders, a trade publication for the spirits industry, first reported the news on Monday saying, a quick search reveals a great number of tweets regarding celebrating the verdict with Heaven Hills Rye. Bartender, give me a Rittenhouse Rye on the rocks and make it a double. Justice has been served, wrote one user. Love that. They didn't like it. Heaven Hill didn't like it about the free advertising or supposedly, um, allegedly, they tweeted, we've been disheartened to learn that some individuals and businesses have been using our Rittenhouse straight rye whiskey brand to celebrate the Kyle Rittenhouse case verdict, despite the profound loss of life from those events. So that statement, unfortunately, which there's two scenarios, either they're sitting in a room that is filling up with money and they could potentially drown in it and they're crying and sad about it. Or they're sitting back casually Wolf of Wall Street style like, yeah, raking it in because they played us. Either they played us or they're so sad to be so rich now because they're, it's flying off the shelf. You take your pick. <laughs> the statement went on. There is no link between a Rittenhouse Rye brand, which was start, started post-prohibition to commemorate Rittenhouse Square in this case. It is our strongly held belief that in serious matters such as this, where lives were lost and people were deeply affected, there is no such cause for celebration, but instead deep reflection on how we can make the world a more peaceful and respectful place for all. So it sounds to me like they're toting the, the, the no-risk line that is saying, we disagree with the verdict without saying we disagree with the verdict. Uh, maybe that's me reading into it as someone who agrees with the verdict and does think that it is cause for at least some mild celebration. Because... As weird as it is for me, yes, life was lost, but it was not a 17-year-old who's trying to defend his community whose life was lost. It was, it was convicted felons that were committing more felonies and, and, purport, and uh, propagating, participating in, and egging on riots that were burning down a city. So not to say that they deserve to die. Well, actually, if you look at it from the standpoint of you attack someone with a gun and threaten and try and kill him, try and take his gun, try and hit him with the skateboard or point a pistol at him and try and shoot him and he shoots you, you literally did get what you deserve. Like your actions are your consequences. You charge someone, you find out what's going on, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, they, despite, what got me was the line that said, despite the profound loss of life from those events. Yeah, well, at, at, once we get into the Rittenhouse stuff, my stance on it is, had he not shot them, they would have killed him. Either grabbing his gun, wrestling it from him and killing him, or hitting him over the head, with, beating him with the skateboard, unconscious, and then maybe taking his gun, or shooting him with a pistol that, what's his face, uh, the guy who got his, in his words, his bicep vaporized, um, would have killed him with a gun, a pistol he was illegally possessing. So anyways, of course they say that and then social media goes off and now it's flying off the shelves, myself included. I went, so I was like, I, I read this and I was like, oh, I have to now. Let's go Brandon. I have to. Like it's all, it's all the same. I love the internet. Oh man. 
<laughs> and so some of the responses are good. So radio host, radio show host Jesse Kelly said, rule number one, you don't have to respond to everyone. In fact, you don't have to respond to anything. Shut your freaking mouth and let it blow over. Here's a great example of why that's rule number one. Uh, justified actor Nick uh, Searcy, who stars in the upcoming Daily Wire release, ooh, Terror on the Prairie, also blasted the company, replying, I'm going to buy it and celebrate the Rittenhouse verdict anyway. Heaven Hill, and if you don't like it, you can kiss my... <laughs> Finally, uh, some welder with a bulldozer reflected... They went out of their way to make sure that you're aware of that. If you're not a commie POS, their whiskey is not for you. These people don't value your patronage. Act accordingly. Which it's hilarious that a brand that makes whiskey, an American staple, uh, you know, the hills of Kentucky, the free men, making their whiskey, making their namesake, Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, all that stuff, right? Evan Williams. Um, who I'm sure were all freedom-loving people. And now, what is it? It's a woke left corporation. Or, or to take Connor's theory, they're just gaming the system, which I like to believe. So I went and looked it up, and I was like, because they said Pennsylvania, I was like, oh, it might not be in my area. But it's also the same family as, they, they produce like Elijah Craig and stuff, which is good. And so I went to get myself some Rittenhouse rye to celebrate the verdict. And I figured, well, I'd been thinking about talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse case, so I might as well do it over a glass of some Rittenhouse rye as I'm celebrating the not guilty verdict and just make this whole thing a party. Uh, so I looked it up. I go in and they say, I was like, hey, do you have any of this? They said, no, but I've got an order coming in this afternoon. Give me your information. I'll hold the bottle for you. One of two bottles. So first of all, good job, internet, because one of two bottles, they could, all, all they get was two bottles. Stuff is flying off the shelves. Now, on one hand, you might say, why would you continue to do this? Because you're giving them money, even though you clearly think that they're idiots. Or sorry, they, they clearly are idiots. Not that I think they are, that they just are. Um, and you disagree with them. Well, because it's funny and because it's an internet troll move. They literally said, don't buy our whiskey, please stop. They were like... Okay, <laughs> uh, well, I'm a blood-redded, I'm a blood, red-blooded, jeez, red-blooded, I'm, I swear I haven't had any. I swear I haven't had any, and I'm only going to have a little, and it's not going to be, we're not going to get crazy, right? Uh, but red-blooded, man, I said it again. Wait, no, wait, that's right. I'm a red-blood free American, all right? And uh, I'm going to go get my whiskey. You're not going to tell me nothing. <laughs> that's what it is. So I got it. I will say it's a tall bottle. It's, it's satisfying. Uh, go check my Instagram to see the picture of it. It's 100 proof, so watch out. Uh, it's a cool label. It says bottled in bond on the bottom. Uh, straight rye whiskey means no additives. Straight whiskey. Um, sad thing is it was only like 24 bucks, so it's reasonably priced, kind of on the lower end, depending on where you stand as far as your whiskey prowess. But I that's the sweet spot between 20 and 30 like 20 and 35 dollars where i like to keep it you know if i'm if i'm getting up to like 40 dollars that's an expensive bottle right um sad thing is it doesn't have the cool little classic cork cap it's a regular screw lid so i'm disappointed by that that's a little that's a bummer that's sad day i, I honestly if you're whiskey if you want to get me to buy your whiskey a marketing is everything for me make it really cool make it patriotic something um also have the classic little cork cap that you just pop the little boonk that is the most satisfying noise. Um, one of my favorites, person. So we're getting a whiskey rec- quick whiskey recommendation. A rye you should get. It's called 1776. Founded with the Republic. Um, it's got the cool 
Constitution Declaration style paper on it and on the back it says it has the the serpent that's broken up says founded with the republic it's really cool comes in a really cool um darkened bottle that like looks like that classic you know old timey whiskey bottle and then it has the cork cap it's a bunk it's super satisfying so uh any if any whiskey brands are listening out there that's how you get my business also but if you're crappy whiskey I won't buy you again so because usually usually and here's my here's my hypothesis usually the good whiskeys they will do that. I'm not saying there aren't some crappy whiskeys that do that, but usually the che- it's cheaper to do a little tw- plastic twist cap than to take the time to do the traditional cork and all that stuff, get it to fit and seal. Uh, so, yeah, it's a sign that they wanted to put a little bit more into it. But, yeah, 1776, check it out, or get your hand on some Rittenhouse rye. Oh, yeah, going to enjoy this. So let's, let's do our first tasting, and then we'll, we'll dive into the Rittenhouse stuff. Start this celebration off right. All right, just going to pour a tiny, tiny bit. I mean, it looks like a normal whiskey. You can't see any of this, but let's give it a taste. Spicy on the lips. Ooh, man, that is... So, very... Wow! That is maybe... I've only had a few rides. That one is the spiciest, though. That is spicy. Like, when it hit my lips, it was like, wham! It was like, it was like a bunch of little needles dancing on my lips. Um, like, touching my lips. And then not too bad in the mouth. A little bit of a bite, but really not bad. And then a nice spice in the throat. I mean, if, if it'll, it'll definitely, if nothing else, if you're like, if you've got a little scratchy throat like I've kind of had because I'm a mouth breather right now because my nose is clogged up. Um... Take a little, take a little t- tiny glass of this and just sip on it, and that'll soothe your throat right up. Wow, my throat is on fire! Holy cow! But hey, freedom, right? To freedom and not guilty. That's what we're drinking to. All right, so the written house rye. Go get you some. All right, so shall we jump into it? I'll try and keep it brief because I know everyone and their mom has already commented on it. I'm way after the fact, but. Golly, I never thought the media firestorm that would occur afterwards, that people would really, like, MSNBC, really, more than anyone, just blatant, just racist rhetoric that's just drumming it up, which, first of all, this case involving all white people, I get it was a it was a BLM protest, a police shooting of Jacob Blake, which was fully justified and really shouldn't have had any protest. When you look at the evidence, he went and grabbed a knife and so let's, let's walk through this, right? Let's walk through this whole scenario. I'll try and keep it as brief as possible. Walk through the scenario. Walk through what we saw. Walk through a lot of the stupid uh, talking points that are coming up now. And then uh, there was one little Facebook debate that I got into, which I actually kind of, if I see something on social media, I'm like, I'm going to respond to this. I don't necessarily want to like go back when I get a response go back and keep responding. I kind of like just dropping some heat and leaving it and never looking at it again. Even if that person responds, uh, it's a lot of fun. Maybe you might say, Oh, it's a little bit of a hanyak. If you just want to give your opinion and leave, but I don't know. That's my right. It kind of keeps you from getting like all riled up and in a social media friends and getting all fired up. So that's what I did. And we'll address some generic questions that you're hearing, like the cross state lines and whatnot. So Let's build out the context because I think it's important when you're watching TV and you're seeing news bites or, and you're seeing just headlines, you're not getting the full picture. And that's the beautiful thing about this podcast is we can kind of build out that full image, that full picture for you. So what we have is we have <sighs> Jacob Blake. We got to backtrack. I had someone, 
which I was honored that they were like, hey, you might know about this. So I'll explain the case kind of top to bottom, the context, and then we'll talk about um, some of the things that went through. I, I'm sh- I'll i try and put some articles. If I can find like an all-encompassing article, I'll put it, but I'll try and put some in the description, but I don't have any up to reference. I'm just working off of my memory because, I mean, if you've been, it's been in the news cycle, so I've been keeping up with it a lot, and I'm sure I can, um, I can maybe track one down and drop it in there, but I encourage you to check me and go look at this stuff for yourself. It was all, it was all bared out in the, in the, bore out in the, in the trial. Anyways, so backtrack 2020, August, right, or June or something. You have Jacob Blake, a convicted uh, criminal and alleged sexual assaulter of his ex-girlfriend or fiance, whatever she is. And he shows up at her house when he, I believe, had a court order that he was not supposed to. And he shows up. He gets the keys to her car and won't leave. She calls the police on him. And by the way, he, the term was, is, might get a little, this is, this is the term. Digital penetration was the term. And which basically means with your fingers and it's, yeah. And so that, and that's what he committed, the sexual assault he committed against her. So he was not welcome here, right? And he then, uh, so then the police show up and he won't cooperate. They tase him. There's three of them wrestling him, which by the way, talk about incompetence. If you can't wrestle a guy away and there's three of you and you tase him, I think maybe multiple times even, he somehow gets out of that. He's impervious to it. He's taser invincible. He walks around, and this is in the grass. His car is parked on the curb. He walks around the driver's side, reaches for a knife. Cop shoots him seven times. Biggest point of all this being, he doesn't die. He is partially paralyzed, and I believe legs down now. And uh, you see viral video from across the street, and all you see is him walking around. You see bang, 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 bang. And of course, the media firestorm. The narrative kicks in. The corporate press kicks in with the narrative, right? Another black man fallen victim to police violence. And those rational of us, those people who are rational, they, we, we pull back and said, let's wait for the facts to bear themselves out because the video didn't look good. The video never looks good. My question, my number one question when you see a viral, because people only start recording once they realize it's starting to get crazy. And so my question always becomes what was happening prior to the recording? What all went down prior to this video that I'm watching see and happen? And that's what we need to know about. And so, of course, then riots ensue in Kenosha, not protests, riots. And we could talk about, we could debate, you know, oh, people say, oh, there were protesters and then it was hijacked by people who wanted to, you know, turn them violent, turn the protests violent, which is a riot. And I might say, that's fair, but nobody stopped it. And I'm not saying there weren't good people there protesting who were just wanting to protest. But guess what? There were a bunch of hooligans, a bunch of criminals who wanted to riot. So you have riots ensue. Kenosha is burning, literally on fire. Businesses, irreparable harm done to business. Businesses permanently closing. Not, oh no, we burned down, get some interest. Permanent, mom and pop, local businesses. And apparently, it was a, a lot of this was happening in the black community. So, uh, burning your own community down for the sake of your own community, right? For supposed injustice, which actually wasn't injustice. When it all comes out and said and done, he was A, resisting arrest, B, going for a weapon, a deadly weapon, you might say, it's a knife versus a gun. And it's like, look, we can Monday morning quarterback all we want. I've talked about this before, probably way back when, but that does not mean that it was not justified because the cops 
people don't understand the situations and the constant risks that cops have to deal with and looking over their shoulders. So that, that sparks this, right? Well, then you have Kyle Rittenhouse, 17-year-old who lives, let's build some perspective. You have Chicago, Milwaukee. They're like an hour, hour and a half apart. Milwaukee is basically straight north of Chicago. And it's and they're really close to the border, right? So you go from Illinois to Wisconsin pretty quickly, and there's a bunch of towns spread out between. You have Antioch, which is north of Chicago, close to the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. Just across the border, south of Milwaukee, you have Kenosha. They are about 20 miles, maybe 20, 30 minutes apart. Kyle Rittenhouse lives with his mom in Antioch. His dad lives in Kenosha, his best friend and several of his friends, and his job. Is in Kenosha. He spends a lot of time there. For those of us in the Oklahoma area, I would say uh, I made this equation to some, because what you're going to hear is he crossed state lines, which first of all, doesn't mean much because most of these, a lot of these rioters crossed state lines or traveled further distance. You have to take it in its context, right? For me, the initial context I said, it's like living in Edmond and working in Oklahoma City. If there are riots in Oklahoma City, I, yeah, I live, my house is in Edmond, but I'm going to go try and defend businesses because, but I, but I am a part of the Oklahoma City community. And uh, the objection I had to that was, well, that's not different. You didn't cross state lines. Okay, fine. Kansas City. You have Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. You live in Overland Park, but you work on the Missouri side. Missouri Star is burning. You go down there because you're a part of that community. That is the big point. When you hear he crossed state lines, he came from out of town, what you're missing there is that he was a part of that community. That was, that, that was a big, huge factor. And I'm, and I'm tired of hearing he crossed state lines because initially it was he crossed state lines with a gun. Now that would have been illegal. He did not, though. That has been widely disproved because as we all know, Chicago has strict gun laws. Illinois as a whole has strict gun laws. Wisconsin has uh, less strict gun laws. And so that's how he was able to handle that gun, right? So he hears about this. Him and his buddies get together and they're like, during the day, they decide, we're gonna, let's go clean up. Uh, he, he has some first aid knowledge, and so he said, let's go offer some medical help. So they go and they do that. And then, in the process, they come across an owner of a car dealership and who owns several car lots, and a couple have burned down, and they say, hey, you know, we could come out and we could kind of uh, offer some security because at this point, the governor, the, the mayor, the governor, nobody was doing anything. They had a police presence, but nothing, none of this was being stopped. So Kenosha was burning and the authorities were sitting by. Which, by the way, I will say, my personal opinion is, if, if the authorities stand out, the police, the National Guard, the whoever, the government, which is supposed to protect, help protect your property, your community, when they decide, we're not going to do that, we're going to let rioters riot. Guess what? Now... It falls on us, the responsibility of the people. Some people gawk at, oh, militia, and it's so scary sounding. All militia is, me and my community agree to protect our community. Now, first and foremost, we will always defer to law enforcement. Or if law enforcement fails to protect my community, for example, I have a gun in my house with me. Someone breaks in because guess what? Law enforcement can't get in here in time. I have to protect myself in that moment. There are situations, and we talked about, as I talked about in the, the other episode about the the parallel trial to this, the quote-unquote black Kyle Rittenhouse, if you will, that didn't get any coverage. He, um, the right to self-defense. It's the most basic one, right? So anyways, he legally in Wisconsin, he can only carry a long rifle or shotgun. And he had his buddy who was old enough to purchase one, purchase an AR-style rifle. And then when Kyle was old enough, he was going to buy it from him. It essentially was Kyle's rifle that he was, he could not legally possess yet, 
or own, but he could possess in, and, and so they go out there in the evening when the riots were at their worst to protect, help protect this guy's property they had talked to and they had agreed to. And he had, he had said, yeah, I would love for, I'd love for you to do that. And they go out with their primary mission to be a protect the property, B to offer help and aid, make sure, basically make sure their community doesn't burn. And unfortunately, things get crazy. He gets chased down by some crazy people who are screaming. He, he gets told, I'm going to kill you if I get you alone. He gets chased down. He has to fire. He kills two people, inju- shoots one other through the bicep, all of whom were attack- chasing and attacking him. And we have all the video evidence of this. And so he rightfully so attacked, or sorry, attacked, shot. And honestly, he he waited longer than I probably would have. He was, you look at the pictures, he was on the ground for some of it, getting hit with a skateboard, attempting to get kicked in the head. Um, and then one guy running up him while he's on the ground, running up on him with a pistol pointed at him, which he had illegally. So to establish some facts, he crossed state lines, sure, but that's irrelevant once you know the context because he was a part of both communities. And as is true with a lot of these areas where you have giant metropolitan areas and you have your um, suburbs and it all is kind of the Milwaukee, Chicago. I mean, people go back and forth between Milwaukee and Chicago all the time, right? And you you see the state lines thing is really irrelevant and a non-starter. And then there were all these claims that came out. He was white supremacist. He said, what, what evidence is there? He's white supremacist. Joe Biden ran an ad. He was defamed. And all of a sudden... And all that gets dispelled to realize there's actually no evidence that he's a white supremacist at all. So anyways, he goes through this whole, we go through this whole media cycle of how he's a murderer, he's a killer, he's a white supremacist, you know, coming to just mow people down. There, I mean, there were crazy claims of like, he fired up to 60 rounds. He fired eight of his 30 rounds. He had 22 rounds in that magazine. He was reserved. And if you want to go back and watch the footage, maybe I'll link to it, maybe if I can find it. Um, so let's, let's walk through each instance. First instance, Rosenbaum. First of all, a guy who was released that day. I don't know why, after serving like five years for raping or we'll say molesting, but also supposedly anally raping at least a nine-year-old, five children, child rapist gets released. And for me, I'm like, that's not, that's not enough. Right. I'm, I kind of almost go the ancient route. I'm like, look, if for those, the child rapists, castrate, lock them away forever. That's the end of it, right? If you have to be out. And so uh, he gets out and is like, yeah, let's riot. Let's do this. He, he told not only Kyle, but another one of his buddies who was guarding the one of the dealerships that, uh, if I get you alone, I will effing kill you. Oh, by the way, he was the only person to do anything actually racist. And that was yelling the N word at him as he was chasing them saying, I'm going to kill you. So anyways, there's a fire on a car and Kyle runs up with a fire extinguisher in hand and he goes to do it and you can see Rosenbaum ducks between two cars. Then once Kyle is around and he kind of comes out, starts chasing him, Kyle starts running. Then indiscriminate uh, or not in the vicinity, in the vicinity, but not one of those two, you hear, he hears gunshot and good thing he did. He turns around. Rosenbaum is literally on top of him. I mean, like standing right behind him so close that there was soot on his hands and soot on his hands, meaning you have to be extremely close to the barrel to get the soot on your hands. And he actually had some gunshot through his hand. So he was reaching for Kyle and or the gun. Kyle turns around and sees that all, you know, all he was chasing him, screaming, he's going to kill him. And then Kyle fires. 
Kyle then circles back to actually offer aid. And but the crowd, the mob kind of the mob chases him off, right? And so then this is when he's leaving the scene and he's basically now trying to get away from the mob. And there's people shouting, get him, get him. And so they start chasing him. He trips. Skateboard guy comes up. Uh, a jump kick guy who's who's unnamed or whatever. Um, I don't remember which one he shot, but he gets hit in the head with a skateboard. Some guy tries to kick him in the face. He shoots one of them, uh, ultimately killing him. And then, uh, was it Gage Grosskreutz? I don't remember. Or Huber comes up who's a a convicted felon and cannot legally possess a pistol, has a pistol, comes up on him, has it out, and you can see there's a still, Kyle on the ground, he's over him, has pistol in hand, goes to fire, pistol aimed at Kyle, that's when Kyle fires, and somehow magically has the precision to just shoot his bicep of his gun hand (laughs) to then... As 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 Huber put it, or I don't remember which guy this is, as he put it when he was on the stand, vaporize his bicep, which was accurate. And uh, and, and that's the situation. So then he gets put on trial and you see prosecute, prosecutor do all sorts of crazy stuff and try and make some case. And it is the most clear-cut self-defense case. Even the witnesses that the prosecute, prosecutor called, specifically the one who would pull the gun on Kyle, um, says that Kyle did not shoot until... He, until he pointed his pistol at Kyle. So, uh, you have that. That's the situation. Goes on trial. And, of course, more defaming and all this stuff. And, um, ultimately a lot of deliberation. And, potentially thought there was going to be a mistrial with prejudice. Thought there was maybe going to be a hung jury. Because people were worried about, people worried about the jury feeling threatened. And, Kenosha possibly burning, um, if they didn't get the guilty verdict. And, he got found not guilty on all charges. He was acquitted, as he should have been. The right verdict. And that's where we take a sip of this Rittenhouse rye whiskey. Man, that is so spicy on the lips. Oh my gosh. That is a spicy one. Rittenhouse, you're a spicy one. To celebrate the not guilty verdict, though. And now what we see is a big, big debate. And I, like I said, that social media post that I decided to respond to um, because it was talking about, you know, there wouldn't be justice and, uh, or this isn't justice and what's wrong with it and what was he doing and came across some interesting arguments, right? First of all, the crossing state lines. We addressed that one. Second of all, why did he have an AR-15? A nine millimeter pistol would have sufficed. Well, when you look into it, you realize that that was the only gun he could legally possess, and that's, he was 17, he could not legally possess a pistol. If he would have had a pistol, which it would have sufficed. When it, we, I love when we talk about these life and death situations. You're like, that would have been good enough. I don't want good enough. I want absolute, okay? If that means a cannon at the top of my staircase, if you know what I'm referencing, that's a cannon at the top of my staircase because I want to leave no doubt. I don't want to say, well, my 22 is good enough. I can, I can kill a man with it. I was like, no, no, no. Give me the shotgun and I'll blast you to bits. So there's no doubt that I have protected myself and or my home and or my family. Okay? I don't I don't need I don't need just good enough when it comes to life and death. It's a silly argument. But pose that question and I said, well, he he uh that, that was the only thing he could legally possess. So he was actually abiding by the law, unlike the guy whose bicep he shot, who was presumably going to kill him. When you look at this whole situation, 
What do I say this? Okay, so people, you know, people want to pose a hypothetical. What if he was a black man? I say, what if he didn't shoot, or what if he didn't have a gun? Now, what if he didn't have a gun? He may have gotten, may not have got rushed, but he may also have gotten rushed. So let's say, what if he didn't shoot? What if Rosenbaum got a hold of the gun? What if, what if the, what if Huber, whoever had the pistol, what if he had fired first? I fully believe Kyle Rittenhouse would have been dead. It was either him or them. He would have been dead. Um, and so. When you see, is, you know, he never should have been there. And the quite, you throw that question, just flip it, and say, what about those rioters? And one specifically who traveled 50 miles from Milwaukee to get to that protest, to illegally carry, sorry, get to that riot, to illegally carry a pistol and then aim it, brandish it with, with intent to shoot, whatever you want to call it, at Kyle. And Kyle defended himself. And uh, I saw more points that I've, that I've seen or, were, you know, we're talking along the lines of, well, you know, he should have never been, uh, what, he was walking around. Someone, someone even went as far to say, like, he was down there trying to be a big, big, big guy vigilante, almost like putting that, like, yeah, I'm going to be the big guy on campus. I'm going to walk around with my cool rifle and I'm going to, nobody's going to mess with me just looking for trouble, which if you look at any of the, all the documentaries worth of video evidence, you see that there's, there's videos of him cleaning graffiti, offering medical assistance. There's, there's videos of him running with a fire extinguisher to put out fires, running, yelling, medic, medic, medic. Do you need medical? It is, which is, which if someone says that to anyone who said that, that tells me you clearly have not looked at the evidence. You just catch headlines. You just watch the news, which it's hard to fault people because everyone's busy. They don't have time to dig into all of this. But on another hand, it's important to dig into all of this, because if you don't dig into it, you're not going to find out. You're going to fall victim to the narrative. But the point, when I, when I was hearing this, this point of, well, he was just walking around, big guy, and he just wanted to do something. He, they're, they're, what they're really hinting at is he was asking for it. And I go, wait a minute. Where have I heard that before? Oh, yeah. If she didn't want to get whistled at, if she wanted to get hit on, she wouldn't have dressed like that. She wouldn't have gone out to that place. She wouldn't have been drinking like that. She wouldn't have showed off her body like that. She wouldn't have been flirting like that if she didn't want it. Sound familiar? Exactly. Sound like there's a problem with that? Exactly. That was there because he knew it was dangerous and he wanted to protect himself. And... What I say to, if I see a guy walking with rifle, that's not someone I'm going to charge. Unless I'm a crazy person, right? Why am I charging and attacking you? You're posing no threat. It's slung over his shoulder, pointed down the entire time. So, um, it's, it's, it's funny to me to see all these arguments come place because I, my hope is that you're just ignorant, that these people are just ignorant to the, some of these people. And when I say these people, I don't mean like the pundits. I mean just regular people that I see on social media. That it's not, A, we're not falling victim to just our tribalism. B, uh, you're just ignorant to the actual facts. And when you present those facts and you talk about it and you say, uh, say, hey, actually, there's plenty of evidence that he was down there. He was good and well-intended. It's bringing me back to the point of nobody was, Kenosha was burning. My town was burning. I remember a time when I wasn't sure if riots were going to come to my parents' hometown. My dad, who owns a small business, and I remember having to mentally prepare and think through the situation of saying, hey, do we know if, you're, if there's going to be protests or anything crazy? Do we need to go to the business? Do, do I need to go and sit with, with my rifle? I was preparing mentally. And you, might wanna, you could call this overthinking it. 
But I, the thought came across my head because the, the, the riots were seemingly, they, they weren't limited to just way far away. We had some, we had our own protests in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma city, but that's not where this was. And you, and I, and I, and I went through that process because I seriously thought I said, I mean, if things get crazy here, that's what it comes to. And it's not like I want it to be like that because that's scary because it's a, you're putting your life on the line. You're potentially going to have to take the lives of others. And the conversation can be had about whether that was wise or not. I think there's a clear argument that it was warranted. Definitely. Because his city was burning. And you might think, oh, he's dumb. Or, and someone said, well, why? You know, he, he was at his post to guard the... And he, and he went away from his post. Why was he walking around from his post if he wasn't looking to mow people down? And it's like, well, he was looking to put out fires, help injured people. And also, there were multiple locations that they were supposed to protect and keep from burning. So that's part of that answer. Anyways, I hit with a lot of false bad accusations. And then the fact, notice didn't even touch on the whole making about this, making this about race, which I really think they're just using the tie back to the Jacob Blake um, case to, to try and, and then, and then using, so it's, it's a real narrative mental gymnastics here, right? So Jacob Blake. So, uh, it was, that one was about race, right? According to the narrative about race, black guy getting shot by the cops. Then you have BLM protests, mostly peaceful, fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. Well, you have young white kid come and he shoots three people with this mostly peaceful, but fiery protest, fiery, but mostly peaceful protest. And so that's how you get to that point, right? But when you bear out the facts, you find out that narrative is totally misleading and actually in a lot of ways, completely and totally false. He did an interview with Tucker Carlson. He's done another interview. I'm sure he's going to do a bunch of interviews. He's going to sue the crap out of everyone who defamed him, calling him a white supremacist, calling him a crazy militia kid and whatnot. And uh, yeah, verdict is sound in my book. And honestly, this was, you might say, why should we care about Kyle Rittenhouse? Why did we care about Kyle Rittenhouse? And I say, because it, there are certain uh, points, certain moments um, that can that can be pivot points, either reinforcing or shifting. And this was either going to reinforce our right, A, in our justice system to, to work and, be, and defend our right to self-defense and uphold that, or it was going to be, we were going to see our justice system fall victim to public opinion and peer pressure and pressure of violence. Portland apparently rioted after this verdict, but Portland's been in a perpetual state of riot. Portland is just, Portland's just a rioter's paradise. Been spending most of my life in a rioter's paradise. Don't hate me for that one. All right, I'm, I've literally taken one sip. It's not that either. I'm just that bad. On that note, though, woo, man, so spicy on the lips. So, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, I, it's so clear cut. When you look at everything, and that's and that's really the reason for posting this is because I think we need, and I've said this before, you need people, everyday people, to be able to speak out. Same thing with the vaccine mandates, right? We all have to start speaking out. The silent majority. That it's always talked to the proverbial, oh, the silent majority, you know, pose as a sleeping bear, which they are. Unfortunately, it's like a Snorlax and they're impossible to wake up. The silent majority needs to wake up. Look at Australia. 
I mean, people's going to say, oh, they don't have any gun violence. They took all their guns. Well, now they have quarantine camps for the unvaccinated and the sick. Wait a minute. Where have I seen that before? And we find ourselves being the last, what I would call the last defense. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're the freest place, which makes us the, 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 the biggest defense of freedom in this world. Call that an overstatement, if you will, but I don't think it's ever, ever really too far or you can be too careful when it comes to tyranny and, 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 and taking of your rights and falling subject to it. Tyranny is always crouching at the door ready, ready to put you in chains. Freedom is something that is constantly has to be fought for, earned, reinforced, and requires personal responsibility. And that's what we have to do. And Kyle took that personal responsibility as a, I mean, me as a 17-year-old, first of all, I wouldn't have dreamed of going out there. I would have been terrified, much less take a gun out there, much less kill two people, shoot one other, much less survive all that, and now come out on the other side, looking at him and Tucker Carlson, he's freaking, look, he's, he is just so calm and like, he seemed relieved, happy. I mean, he's just owning it, not me. I'm, I'm almost 28 and I couldn't do that, but. Kyle Rittenhouse, go go get you some Rittenhouse rye. Thank you, Heaven Hill Distillery, and uh, have a little have a little glass to celebrate the not guilty, the Second Amendment standing strong, the right to self defense, the most important right. It's the right that makes that helps us to continually secure all our other rights. And I find myself actually becoming more of a Second Amendment fundamentalist or purist, whatever you want to call it, because I realize. Honestly, I kind of want to start this catchphrase uh, because in the Second Amendment it says, shall not be infringed. And it's hit me more and more lately. And I realize that, you know, requiring, requiring a, a permit or, or you have to really submit this complicated application to, to, to own a firearm in some place. No, that is, they are, they are, that is unconstitutional. That is infringing upon your constitution. It says the right to bear arms shall, to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. No, there's no, oh, well, in this situation, in that situation, no, shall not be infringed. And so really I fall in the case where, yeah, you should, it should, it is your constitutional right. And I almost think it should be a requirement. You turn 18, you're allowed to vote. You get a, you get a firearm, go get a firearm, right? As a part of it. I don't know. And, and I'm all for that. And because I think a lot of it too, what comes from is the fear of guns is the not understanding of them, not respecting them, not having a good working knowledge of them. Because if you're knowledgeable about it, you know how they work, you know how to handle them. Yeah, you're respectful, but you're not afraid. I'm not afraid. You show me a gun, you hand me a gun. I'm not afraid. I know what to do, how to hold it. And, and I feel comfortable, right? I'm, I'm, I'm respectfully cautious, but I'm not doing anything wild, right? And that's what it comes from. So Kyle Rittenhouse though, not guilty. And uh, I think this is a good place to end this episode. And I just had to give my two cents, try and lay out the full context because I think, I think we need to speak up. We, we need to try and put this out there. The only way we're going to combat it is every day because we're to a point, especially with these vaccine mandates. Everyone, if it requires the everyday man. I hate that I, there, are, there it wasn't people I know. Now there are people I know threatened with their jobs unless they get the vaccination. And I hate seeing that. You're putting regular, everyday, hardworking people who just want to live their lives uninhibited being threatened, saying, get this vaccination or you will not work here anymore. 
And to that I say, do not comply. Shall not be infringed. Stand strong. You have support. There are support systems. Talking to my buddy today, who's in the Navy, and he was saying he's gonna he's gonna become an enemy of the state. He's gonna have to get out. He's gonna have he's gonna move. Otherwise, he said, "Look, even though I get my exemption, I went out because you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna they're gonna put me in a place I don't want to be. They're gonna ship me to some place crappy, give me some crappy orders, some job, and it's just really they're gonna try and make my life a living hell." So, take that with you will. <clears throat> Grab a sip of Rittenhouse Rye. And reminisce in the fact that our system is not totally lost. There is still hope. We must continually fight for it and defend it. It will not defend itself. And the justice system works. And also, go listen to my episode about the, the biggest question that I didn't really address here. Is, you know, uh, or one of the biggest points that I've seen is, what if he was black? What if he was black? There's a case for that, and I have an episode addressing that specific question because literally there was, quote-unquote, the black version of Kyle Rittenhouse in the form of Andrew Coffey IV, AJ, uh, in Florida, who received his not guilty verdict on the same day as Kyle, and his case was a much harder one to get that self-defense. I, I think it was justified, and it was a correct verdict, but it was much harder. He was up against law enforcement. That's who he fired at, and he was illegally possessing a firearm. He still was allotted and his right to self-defense was respected, rightly so. So, Thank you for being a part of the Hanya Accord. If you guys want to chime in on any and all of your thoughts or any of your objections or maybe someone wants to sit down and have a conversation, follow the link below to the website and that's where you can find out how to get a hold of us. Make sure to go and leave a five-star review for me. I'll read it on the show live and... Um, or any, any other correspondence that you have, send it in. We'll read it. We'll address it and have a good time. But I know this is a little bit shift, uh, away from the, you know, the dose of weird in the sports, but this is as you, if you follow the show for any amount of time, you know, I care about serious stuff and cultural stuff that matters. And I think these things matter and they are pivotal moments, particularly this case was a pivotal moment. I think it rightly so got as much coverage and I'm relieved to see that our system worked as should and justice was served or doesn't matter, not, not served in the sense of, well, that wouldn't have been justice, would have been injustice. Justice was served in the form of not guilty. So uh, thank you all, though, once again, for being a part of the Hanyak Horde. That does it for this episode of the Rambling Viking Podcast. This is your head Hanyak, signing off.